So, Bill, the Los Angeles Kings and a yet-to-be-determined team are remaining. It's time to reveal who has the number one pick in the draft. The number one overall selection in the 2020 NHL draft belongs to a team yet to be determined coming from the qualifying round in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Hello everyone, welcome to this episode of Hockey Prospect Report. I'm Frankie alongside with Nick who you'll hear from a little bit later. But before we get into this episode, we want to let you know about our sponsor Customized Sports. Customized Sports offers high quality Tackle 12 jersey kits featuring the name bar and the numbers and which you can get for any blank jersey that you own. For more information about Customized Sports, please visit them on their website, www.customizedsports.com, or on their Reddit or eBay page at customized-sports. As well, at checkout, use code PROSPECT10 for your 10% discount. Thank you to Customized Sports for sponsoring us. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Hockey Prospect Report. Nick and Frankie here, and the draft lottery just passed, so you already know what we're talking about today. And uh, a lot of controversy as usual. Some happy fans, some really upset fans. Frankie, man, what's what's your thoughts here on this uh, most recent draft lottery? <laughs> Nick, as, as soon as he said, we have a development, I have eight cards here. My head went, I know who's picking first overall, and it's not one of the seven teams that should have been. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, it, if you're a Detroit Red Wings fan, you're not tough. a happy camper right now. Tough. Real tough break. But there is good news. Is this draft, even picking at number four, you're still getting a good player. But, I mean, you're not getting Lafreniere, which they definitely so deserve Lafreniere after the absolutely atrocious season they had. The, the Red Wings don't deserve anything. Well. this is this, I, See, okay. Before we start, I want to explain to people that this is how odds work. The Red Wings had, I think it was an 18.4% chance to get the first overall pick with their selection, right? Correct. So we're, we're talking about an 82% chance that they don't. Yeah. Well, I high think, odds, um, high odds doesn't. 20%. The Senators had 25% chance. That's because they have two picks. 75% of the time, you do not win. Stop complaining. It's not rigged. This is how a lottery works. Get over it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Either way, I mean, even at picking up four, they're still getting a good player, regardless of who. Um, you know, obviously, number one, I think we know who's going there and who LA picks and Ottawa picks, but they're getting a good player either way. So, yeah. And I mean, just to extend on my point of telling Senators fans to stop complaining, this is the first time since the Islanders drafted Rick DiPietro and Rafi Torres all them years ago that a team has had two picks inside the top five. So I don't feel bad for you that much. <laughs> I know I said I did a little bit on our bonus episode, but uh, I've kind of changed my mind. No, I don't feel I don't feel bad for any of these teams picking. They're getting a good player. But today uh, we are going over, Frankie and I, kind of like mini mock drafts for the top eight teams that have, you know, determined where they're going to pick. Um, we actually have not gone over these with each other prior. So we're going we're gonna to surprise each other a little bit here. Maybe not, but – a little mini episode here, the mock draft coming up. Um, but I guess we could just skip right over number one, eh? No. No. You can't. Okay. Because <laughs> I have something that's going to surprise you. Oh, yeah? Let's hear it. All right. Team E, the Montreal Canadiens, after they get shellacked by the Penguins, I've decided now that I'm cheering for the Penguins in that series, uh, mm. are going to draft Alexis Lafreniere. Mm. <laughs> 
breaking news. Yeah, have it. Breaking news. Um, I've already done the lottery. I'm from the future. I've seen the Habs are winning, so they're picking Lafreniere. I mean, I don't know what you want me to tell you, Nick. Well, I would love to say that the New York Rangers are going to get Lafreniere, but we all know they're going to beat the Carolina Hurricanes, and they're gonna they're gonna have a nice little run here when the playoffs start up. Rangers See, are gonna they're gonna get it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I I kind of think that the Rangers are probably going to be able to beat the Canes. I don't know if the Canes are necessarily going to have the firepower to match up against the Rangers and Artemi Panarin and, you know, whichever one of the goal they got three goalies. One of them's bound to get hot. Right. So I think you think, yeah, I think uh, the Rangers are probably going to end up winning that series as for who's going to end up with that number one pick. I mean, it's a 12 and a half percent chance for all of the teams that lose, which is ridiculous in and of itself. Um, because now the Penguins or the Leafs could have a 12.5% chance at picking first overall, and neither of those teams deserve to have a first overall pick because they would have made the playoffs had the season been completed. But that's something we discussed on the bonus episode, so if you want to hear more about that, go click on that bonus episode after this episode. And Yeah, but uh, I think it's pretty obvious Alexis Lafreniere out of the QMJHL from the Ramuski Oceanic is probably going to be the first overall pick, barring something completely unforeseen. And Nick, I'm going to predict that you said that same thing. That's a safe bet. You'd be correct by saying that. I think it's no question he goes number one. I don't know how you can pick anyone else other than Lafreniere. So. Yeah. I mean, you could make arguments for, for other players and, you know, whatever. But if you don't pick Lafreniere, I think you are, as a GM, you're probably on your last couple of seconds of being the general manager. I think they will fire you mid-draft. <laughs> Most likely. That's yeah. how big of a of a mistake it would be. So I just kind of want to put a disclaimer out there. I, I did this mini mock draft purely based off team fit with a little bit of ranking in there. So you might be a little surprised with a few, but I'll kick it off here. So number two, the LA Kings are picking. And as much as this player, I may not like him as much as other players, but he just seems to fit well in the Kings scheme of being that bigger, kind of tougher team and, you know, they just have a lot of size on that roster. And um, I'm I'm saying that the LA Kings are going to go with Mr. Quentin Byfield. Yeah. Um, I think there's two teams to me that I think would 100% pick Quentin Byfield if he was at number two. Can or I, if that can I team... predict the other team? Sure. I think if it's not the Kings, I think the other th- team would be the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah. You got it. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think I wrote a mock draft a couple months ago where the Ducks ended up picking second and took Lafreniere, or it's not Lafreniere, but Byfield, sorry. Uh, and I think that's probably what how you know that. But I think those are the two teams for me that I know. I'm almost 100% positive the Kings are going to pick Byfield with this pick. Um, to have a player comparison to Anze Kopitar and what Anze Kopitar has done on that team, you know, I think that is alone is going to be enough to entice them to to pick him. And again, you know, we've said before on episodes, he has tremendous upside. He's a big body. Uh, you know, there's a lot that he can do, not a lot that he can't do. If he learns to fix his defensive game a little bit, he'll be an elite center in the NHL. But, you know, he's definitely a little bit off, as we've said before. 
And uh, I don't know. I, I just think, like you said, he's a, he's a pretty solid fit in Los Angeles. And I can't see him in anywhere else, or at least in the teams that are coming up afterwards, aside from Anaheim. I mean, Ottawa and Detroit are the next two teams to pick. And aside from him not fitting there, there are other players that are just much more skilled that would be better in those environments. I mean, the West Coast is known for the big bodies, and I can't see him going anywhere else but the West Coast. Yeah, I think honestly I think that Anaheim would probably be a little bit of a better fit but obviously Anaheim's not getting him at number six so I think Los Angeles is probably the next best place yeah 100 percent so we're in agreement there uh, yep. moving on to number three then uh the Ottawa Senators are picking there for with their first first round pick um and there I am going I'm going on the back end here really I, I am I, th- I as much as I would love to say they will pick Tim Stutzley, and as much as I want to see Stutzley go number three, I have to say that the smart decision would be to pick Jamie Drysdale in their situation. I'm dumbfounded that you said that. I know, I know, but watch I, it. It's going to happen. I, I, I disagree. 100% wholeheartedly disagree. I think – I figured you'd say that. I think they have, they have a lot of young players on the blue line to begin with. And, you know – Tim Stutzle, although is listed as a winger, can play center, right? So, and for Ottawa, a team that, you know, needs more forwards and a team that has one of the league's worst power plays since they had their their Eastern Conference final game seven run a couple years ago, I think that if they pass on Tim Stutzle and let him fall to Detroit, it'd be one of the all-time boneheaded moves. Well, see, here's my thinking, right? Is if that, let's say Ottawa picks Tim Stutzley, right? Or, all right, let me restart that actually. If I'm Ottawa, I have number three and number five. Me personally, I want a good forward and a defenseman if possible. So if we pick Tim Stutzley at number three, chances are I think Detroit will probably pick Jamie Drysdale. I don't think they would pick Perfetti. I think they would pick Drysdale. And then at number five, Ottawa will probably. I mean, there's not really any defenseman coming up, so they pick another forward. So the way I see it is you pick Drysdale. Yeah, Detroit gets Stutzley, but then at number five, you can get a forward. there. That way you have a good defenseman and a good forward to build off of. I don't know. Like, I see the logic to why you're doing that, but you can't forget, too, the Senators have another pick with the Islanders later in the first round. That pick could be as high as nine. You know, nine is prime Jake Sanderson territory. That's true. That's true. You're right about that. If, like, to me, it's it's pretty obvious what the the tiers are in this draft, right? It's Lafreniere tier one, tier two is Quinton Byfield and Tim Stutzle. Tier three includes players like Drysdale, Rossi, Raymond, Perfetti, Jack Quinn, and then after that, there's everybody else. So, if you take one of those tier three players over Tim Stutzle right now, I'd 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 question why you are a GM in the NHL. Well, you never know. Crazy things happen, but um, see, this this makes it interesting the rest of the way now because I know for a fact that our our picks are not going to match up the rest of the way. That's correct. That's correct. I don't know my my way of thinking. At least if I was a GM, is with those high picks, I want to get an elite defenseman and an elite forward if Log- I, if possible. Logically, your thinking makes sense, but for me, I if the Sens really want a defenseman, I think it's Sanderson at pick nine through fifteen. And if you can't get him, if you're too low to get him, I think you can definitely trade up to get him. Understandable. Understandable. 
But then, so it, you, like, I, I guess you had Stutzley at three. Let me guess. <laughs> yes, I had Stutzley at three. Um, but I mean, the same same time for Ottawa. I, you know, they've got Thomas Shabbat. They they've just drafted Lassie Thompson. They have young players, like young defensemen. The, defensemen. They have young defensemen ready to go that are in the minors that are working their way up. I I think it would be irresponsible. Like, sure, Drysdale's the best defenseman in the draft, but Tim Stutzley is head and shoulders above Drysdale as far as team value goes in my eyes. Like, Stutzley will do a lot more for you in your future than Drysdale will, I think. That I couldn't agree more with. But... Yeah, like, you can draft off team need all you want, but at the end of the day, if... If you pass on Stutzley and he becomes an elite player and you draft Drysdale and he becomes a serviceable defenseman, you've made a mistake. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I guess we'll move on to number four here with Detroit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this one's pretty uh, – I don't know if you can predict this now, but <laughs> Detroit, I definitely see Tim Stutzley going there. I just see him as a better fit in Detroit. Um, I, I really don't want to see Stutzley in Ottawa. As much as Ottawa, you very well could pick him. Um, but – I would love to see Tim Stutzley in Detroit. I think he'll thrive there. And I don't know, something about that young group of guys that has a lot of skilled talent. They're known to get skilled talent, and um, I think he'll fit there. <laughs> well, I don't think he's going to get the chance to fit there because if I think there's next to zero chance that Ottawa passes on him or he lasts outside the top three. Uh, but that being said, for me, I, I debated this one pretty heavily uh, between Jamie Drysdale and Cole Perfetti. Both of those players are relatively close to, uh, you know, being in within scouting range for Detroit. Uh, both of them coming out of the states of OHL teams. Um, Cole Perfetti came from just down the road. But at the end of the day, I think Jamie Drysdale is the number one defenseman in the draft. That's pretty obvious. Um, and for Detroit, adding a defenseman of his caliber right now you know, it's, it's not going to help you with your goal-scoring woes, but it'll certainly help you build up that defensive core. It, you know, by the time he's entering his prime, you should realistically have the team built around him. So, you know, I, I think this would be a, a, a very good pick. Not as flashy as some of the other options, but a really, really solid pick that allows you to sure up that, uh, that blue line and put together – a competent offensive core as you go along over the next four to five years. Yeah, I, I could definitely see Drysdale in Detroit as well. Um, I think kind of backtracking a bit, Lafreniere is definitely number one, two by field, but I battle with myself a lot with three and four. Uh, I think for sure Drysdale and Stutzley will go three and four, regardless of which one is. But um, Really? I mean, that, that is so interesting because I think it, the only ones in these – in the top three that are interchangeable is Stutzley and Byfield. I think there's there's relatively zero percent chance that Byfield or Stutzley last outside the top three, in my eyes. See, I don't know. That's it's just tough to think about because I legitimately think the LA Kings are going to pick Byfield purely based off of his team fit and his his player similarities with that entire roster. I think they'll look heart heavily on that. I mean, although Stutzley is a really skilled player. And I, I don't. I definitely don't think they'll pick Drysdale. I think they're going to rule him out. It's between Byfield and Stutzley. But you really I, think I Ottawa's just, going to pick Drysdale? I, I'm not 100% sold on it yet. I haven't convinced myself fully. But 
I, I'm I think, pretty convinced the Kings are going to go and pick Byfield, and I think it'll be either Drysdale or Stutzley at three and four. I think the only chance the Senators draft Jamie Drysdale is if he's there at number five. Which will not happen. <laughs> Maybe. I think the Red Wings will take him. I think it's a, it's a good fit. It's a, it's a reasonable selection. Like I said, a guy that you can build around while you build your offensive core and, and he enters his prime. But that being said, you know, they might just go for an offensive threat and they might say, you know, we can get defensemen later. It's very like, well possible, but I think defense is important. I think Ottawa might look at Drysdale and say that he's a key piece to our puzzle before we look at offense. Although Detroit is going to really want Drysdale, I think, because they have – they don't have a lot of young defensive prospects that are at least, you know, A or B caliber if – they don't. Me if I'm wrong. Detroit. They don't have many prospects to begin with. Well, see, that's the issue, though, right? But if you're Ottawa, I mean, they too only have a couple good defensive prospects. I could see them picking Drysdale just to have that cornerstone piece to build around. Yeah, I don't know about that. Like Shabbat's up there, Demello's up there, Lassie Thompson was drafted. I mean, they've got a handful of solid defensive prospects. Plus. At some point, with all that cap money, you got to assume that they're going to be able to sign some defensemen at some point. Fair enough, fair enough. But, I mean, they also have some pretty decent forward prospects. I mean, like I said, I haven't fully convinced myself 100% because I think part of it is just I really want to see Tim Stutzley in Detroit more than Ottawa. I really don't want to see Stutzley in <laughs> Ottawa. I don't think it'll be a good fit there for him personally. For Ottawa, it'll be great. But I think Tim Stutzley, for him and that team, It'd be so much better with him in Detroit. I don't know about that. Only time will tell. But, uh, Nick, we got to – we're halfway through our mock draft here of our top eight. So, I think we got to shout out the boys. Shout out the boys, 100%. Our boys over at Customized Sports Canada. What a group of guys. <laughs> They're a great group of guys. Um, so, these guys, if you guys haven't heard them about them in our past episodes, which you should have, you should know about them by now. They, uh, they create these customized tackle twilled Jersey kits. Now, what does that mean? Frankie, they, they create the numbers, they create the letters for your blank jerseys with no one on the back and you put it on yourself. How cool is that? Well, I just, uh, I just completed my second one. Got a John Tavares one. And tell you what, Nick, it is, it's hot. It's hot. It. Um, saw it. Yeah, if you if you want to check that out, I think it's I think I tweeted it. It's it should be on our hockey prospect report Twitter at hpr underscore podcast. Um, we will soon, I believe, be working on another giveaway for next month. Uh, we just selected our winner for the June uh, winner, so to our winner congratulations to everybody who entered thank you for entering um and if you were not fortunate enough to win and you still want a kit you can always check them out at www.customizesports.com and pick out what you want and when you're about to check out be sure to use code prospect 10 for your 10 percent discount at checkout yeah if you didn't win this giveaway don't get bummed out we're going to be running another one um, but even without the giveaway, they're totally worth the investment. They're really fun to do. Makes your jersey collection that much nicer. But, yeah, check out that Tavares jersey, guys. It's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. And I'll have mine up soon. I'm doing the Landis Cog jersey on the Kitchener Rangers. I'll post that on Twitter soon. What's that Kitchener Rangers jersey called again? 
<laughs> it's the memorial jersey. There you go. Two weeks in a row. We got it, boys. Let's Two go. Weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm gonna put together put it together tomorrow. I'm excited. It's gonna look good. Or today when you're hearing this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. When you guys hear this, it'll be Monday. So it'll uh, it'll <laughs> it might be today. I might be put it together right now. So, but that's that, guys. So moving on. Number, Number five. five. Back to the Ottawa Senators again. Yep. So we've we've crossed off Drysdale and Stutzley and Byfield and Lafreniere. I think 100% guarantee, I'll bet money on it, that Cole Perfetti is going to go number five. Whoa. We, okay. Mm. I don't like you. How could you not pick Cole Perfetti at number five? I I know who you're going to. They're taking Marco Rossi right here. You're picking Rossi. They're taking Rossi right here. How? how, I should have known. You know what? Honestly, they have no excuse not to. Marco Rossi is better than Cole Perfetti. Marco Rossi, sure, is 5'9", 180-something, right? Patrick Kane was 5'9", 160 when he was drafted. Look how he turned out. So the height comparison is ridiculous and needs to stop. Let's stop pretending like Cole Perfetti is a better hockey player than Marco Rossi. The Ottawa Senators should have been watching Marco Rossi all season long if they can't see how good of a player Marco Rossi is at this point, their scouts need to be fired. Like, I think this is such an easy pick at this point. You got Tim Stutzley and you get Marco Rossi on that team. You know, Rossi spends a year in Europe and he comes back and him and Stutzley absolutely rip it up together with Brady to Chuck. I, I, it's, it's a win-win situation right here. I could see that. I could see that 100%. Um, Rossi is... As we talked about, Rossi's kind of more of a playmaker. He's a, he can shoot too. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think Cole Perfetti is equally as good. I know you're going to hate me for saying that, um, but see, you know, offensively, I'll give it to you. Cole Perfetti's game in his own zone is not even on the same level as Mark. It's not even close. And I think for such a young kid to to be doing that in the OHL is something commendable in itself because players don't do that. Quentin Byfield doesn't care about his own zone. Connor McDavid didn't care one bit about back-checking when he was with the Otters. Marco Rossi does that. So what does that tell you about his work ethic and how much he cares? You know, like, that's the kind of guy who you're going to send home in the offseason, and he's going to come back better than he was the year before every single year. There's never going to be a year where he goes home in the summer and and doesn't put double-time effort in. So, you know, I, I think Marco Rossi to Ottawa here makes sense. He's already got the connections with the city. The Senators should have been at just about every single game that he was playing this season. And I won't say he's a surefire prospect to, you know, come out and, and be an elite-level player, but if you pair him up with Tim Stutzley or Brady Tuchuk, I think it's pretty pretty good chance that he comes out as a solid player when this is all said and done. I could see that happening for sure, but – I believe that they're going to pick Perfetti purely based off his offensive instincts and abilities. Um, don't get me wrong. Rossi's got some great offensive abilities. He can, he can shoot the puck. You really want to do He's a phenomenal playmaker. Some of the passes he makes are, are out of this world, but I think they're going to pick Perfetti purely based off his off- offensive abilities. 
think they're gonna pick him. Sorry, buddy. I I think there's a case for it, but again, I I just don't see Perfetti as a better player than Marco Rossi. I do have Perfetti on my list in the top eight here, uh, so I don't think that you know he's gonna get snubbed and fall super far. But you know, it, man, this last three is gonna be super interesting because this is where things are gonna get a little bit interesting and and a bit of a toss-up i would say to put it in comparison i'd say cole perfetti has like that if i were to give it a grade a offensive abilities and like c defensive abilities and then rossi's a b and a b b plus and a b mm. b plus offense see i disagree with that but we've already talked about rossi so we'll move on yeah we'll move on from number five so moving on to number six the anaheim ducks are picking um Probably going to hate me again, Frankie, but I could see this guy better fit in Anaheim than I can Marco Rossi. I could, I'm kind of, I'm really, I'm 50 50 here. I could see him either picking Rossi or I could see him also picking Lucas Raymond. I have Lucas Raymond here. I, I, I still haven't convinced myself which one. Um, I'm at a loss. <laughs> you know, I don't think that Rossi ends up in Anaheim. I, it's, Again, a bigger conference. I think that they will see that as a little bit of an issue. I know Raymond isn't, you know, big. He's he's five ten, but I think he's a little bit more the Anaheim Ducks style. I think if you put him on a line with a Getzlaff or a Jakob Silverberg, I think that you'll have a pretty solid connection right off the get go. And I'm not going to say that he's going to be elite in his first couple of seasons, but I think he has a chance to put up pretty decent point totals for them in his first couple of years, just based on there's not a whole lot of wealth to be spread around on that team anymore. But I think this is a pick that they will look at and, and take pretty quickly unless, you know, they decide to go defense or with Alexander Holtz. But I think Lucas Raymond here is probably the most logical thing for them. Yeah, I have Lucas Raymond listed above Marco Rossi to or to get picked uh, by Anaheim over Rossi solely based off exactly what you just said. The Western Conference is not as known for the skilled, flashy players as the East is, and I think Lucas Raymond is just a better fit there. Even with I mean, you put him on the line with Rickard Raquel too. Um, there's just a lot of different guys on that that uh, that line or excuse me that roster that. I think Lucas Raymond would gel with better than Marco Rossi. Yeah, and it's it's kind of weird to sit here and say that Marco Rossi is too small to be a duck, but Lucas Raymond, who's an inch taller, is. And I don't think that it's necessarily just the height. I think part of it, too, is a little bit of team play style stuff. Like, I think Raymond is pretty solid all round. I think he's got a solid enough shot. He's a pretty good playmaker and everything. I mean, we've already talked about him. Uh, if you want to know more about him, go back and check out those episodes. But, um, you know, I, I'm on the same page as you here. I, I think if Rossi doesn't go to Ottawa, I think he doesn't – I don't think he's going to get picked by Anaheim. Yeah, well, like you said, it's it's based off team style. And, I mean, when's the last time you've seen a extremely flashy and offensive skilled player on the Anaheim Ducks? I mean, sure, Getzloff is skilled, but he's a, he's a big power forward. So was Corey Perry when he was there. And even Bobby Ryan. I mean, he's a sniper, but he's big guy, more so. of a stronger player. Like, you never know, too. Like, th- this could be the year where the Ducks say, you know what? 
let's let's adapt to a bit of a of a newer style of play and and uh draft a smaller skill guy but teams will routinely show you what they really want all the time and you just kind of have to believe them so i think raymond's probably a better fit for them than rossi and i'll make this last point before we move on but i don't think a team would change their their uh routine and play style until they've really hit rock bottom you know i mean anaheim I still think has a lot of core pieces available to put together a decent team. They still have record Raquel. Jacob Silverberg is playing at a really high level lately and Getzloff is on his way out, but they, they still have some good cornerstone pieces that they can build around. So based off team style and tendencies for sure, Lucas Raymond. Yeah. So, but I think you could predict my next pick here. If you don't have Marco Rossi here, Nick, I swear to God. See, that's the thing, though. If, if I, I could see him at number five to Ottawa, but I see him as a better fit with New Jersey. You know, the funny thing is I have another 67 here. And I think I went on a little bit of a Twitter tirade today about how if the Devils – the Devils have spent so much time in Ottawa this year scouting Mitch Holscher, Graham Clark, Nikita Okachuk, and now Kevin Ball. It's not even funny. So if they don't – if they're not really high on Jack Quinn, I'd be very, very surprised. But I want to hear what you have to say about Marco Rossi to the Devils before I continue because you've been disrespecting Marco Rossi this whole time. Well, aside from the fact that the New Jersey Devils are the Ottawa 67s 2.0, the New Jersey Devils have been gaining a lot of skill over the years, not only with Nico Heischer and, of course, picking up Taylor Hall and Jack Hughes now. I think it just makes sense to have a guy that can really dish the puck out to some of these snipers. Nico Heischer is kind of a two-way forward. He can do what you need him to do. He's a serviceable centerman. Um, And then obviously Taylor Hall is that purebred sniper. But I think Marco Rossi would fit so well with some of those young guys they have coming up and some of those star players that they added. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking at mine. I've got Jack Quinn here. And I think I could probably – it's probably pretty interchangeable with the guy who I have listed next, but I think the amount of time that the Devils have spent in Ottawa plays a big role in this. You know, they've had time to see Jack Quinn firsthand. They would have had plenty of time to, you know, follow the 67s around on road trips or whatever and and see how he is in the locker room. They would have been able to talk to Andre Torney a bunch. You know, they they've talked to – their prospects about what Jack Quinn is like in the locker room, I'm sure. So I think that for them versus a guy like a Cole Perfetti, who I have next, I think it's probably a little bit safer for them to go with a route that they, you know, at this point should really be confident in and be and, and trust in. So I think for that reason, I think that's where they're going to go and they'll, they'll know what they're getting themselves into. Now I'm also looking at it as Jack Quinn is – or excuse me, not Jack Quinn, Um, Jack Hughes on the Devils right now is probably one of the only playmakers on the team, unless I'm missing someone. I don't know if you can think of another playmaker on that team. But I think adding Rossi to the Devils would take some of the pressure off of him because let's say they do pick Jack Quinn. That's, That's just another sniper that they have, another shooter on that team. I think another playmaker... I would classify Rossi as a playmaker, so that's, that's kind yeah. of what I identify him as. Um, but I think he would take some of the pressure off of Jack Hughes, and that allows Hughes to develop a, 
a little bit better and they can develop together too. I mean, that, that that's actually important, you know, for a lot of the other rookies, they develop together and help each other out. Yeah. You know, for me, I don't think that Jack Quinn is, is your typical sniper. Like I think, you know, he, he's not the kind of guy that's going to go out there and score 50 goals and only put up like 20 assists. Like he has the ability to, to hurt you with passing. And that's, you know, really that's what got him to the NHL. Like he was never a, a, a super high total of, of goals. Um, and it was more of a 50, 50, even distribution of goals to assist. So I think that the devils will be getting a pretty dynamic player. I do, I do think they probably end up walking out of this draft with one of the 67s that are supposed to go inside the top 10. Oh, hundred percent. I could, I could see them picking up Jack Quinn maybe as that, I shouldn't say replacement Taylor Hall, but like, well, yeah, kind of a replacement Taylor Hall. I mean, I see Jack Quinn scoring 25 some goals a year, but yeah, you know, it, I, I just think a playmaker would take a lot of pressure off some of the rookies. Yeah. It's interesting too, because I can look at Lucas Raymond and I can say that Jack Quinn would be a fit for the ducks as well. It's a question of how highly do they value him? I think, I think Cole Perfetti could be a fit on the devils, but again, I think it's the familiarity aspect that the devils would have with Quinn that would probably put him over top, but this like, there's so many good players in this draft that it's hard to think of where everybody's going to go. And this draft is so good that the top eight, I don't even have Alex Holtz in here, who I think is one of the best goal scorers in this draft. Well, that's actually shocking, but I guess with that, you can kind of predict who my next pick is, which I think will Alexander Holtz on to. Yeah. I think the Buffalo Sabres will pick Alexander Holtz. I think I got, he is the perfect fit there. Yeah. I, you know, that, okay, so that means Jack Quinn falls out of your top eight. Okay. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. No, I, I think that's fair because you, you have Rossi being – or you have Perfetti to Ottawa and Rossi to, to New Jersey. I think the only team that picks Jack Quinn inside the top eight is New Jersey. Um, but since you have them taking Rossi, I, I can understand why you did that. Um, but for me, at number eight, I have Cole Perfetti. And it's not necessarily a slight at Holtz or anything, but – you know, I think Perfetti, Perfetti is a player that in any other year could go number one or two. But because this draft is so strong and he wasn't able to make Team Canada this year, I think that hurts him a lot. And I think, you know, there's a chance that he goes as high as number four. I think there's a chance that he goes as low as like number 10. But I think number eight to Buffalo is a pretty sweet spot for him. Now, the reason I think Alexander Holtz is a better fit in Buffalo, and it's also just kind of how it ended up in my mock draft. Teams will obviously pick guys off of skill, talent, and team fit, but I think culture fits a big part of it too. And something about Alexander Holtz, is he Finnish or is he Swedish? He's Finnish. Or sorry, he's Finnish. Swedish. My bad. He is Swedish? Okay. So either way, uh, Buffalo tends to pick a lot of Scandinavians and guys out of Europe, you know, Sweden, Finland, and all out there in Europe. I think he'll fit in there well. Um, but aside from that, Jack Eichel is the lone superstar on that team. And I think bringing in a guy like Alexander Holtz will 
maybe bring Buffalo some hope. And I think Jack Eichel and Holtz will blend well together. Jack Eichel can snipe it. He can dish the puck out. He is a phenomenal player. And I think he is the perfect guy to have Alexander Holtz develop with. So where does Skinner fit into that then? Uh, well, Skinner is like 50. He's on and off though every year. He's not consistent. Yeah. And he's got injury issues. That's fair. So, I, like, I don't know. Buffalo, Buffalo is a team who should not be picking this high in this draft. They, they are doing something so beyond wrong. And I think either way, if they get Cole Perfetti or Alexander Holtz, like, you know, I've said Perfetti, you've said Holtz, obviously. If they get either one of those and they aren't in the playoffs next year, we have a problem. Like, that needs to just be ripped down. Completely gutted. And they were so strong. Was it this year or last year they started? I think both years. They both started years, off yeah. extremely strong. And then all of a sudden just – it was one year, what, they had a 10-some game losing streak? Correct me if I'm wrong. Or they won, like, a couple games in a month or something. I don't know. But, but they've, they've gone through months, too, where they won every game in a month. They're incredibly inconsistent. I mean, how long before Jack Eichel's out? But, you know what? Honestly, if they, get a, if, if they pick one of these two players at number eight and they play in Buffalo next season and they don't win, I think, that's, uh, I think that might be the end of Jack Eichel in Buffalo. Yeah, and there's rumors – everywhere that you see him where Jack Eichel's not happy there. He literally said in an interview that he is tired of losing. Yeah. You know, you got to win at some point. Like this is part of the problem with Buffalo sports. And I can say this being a Bills fan, the cultures are built around losing. And it's, it's, it's very, very hard to break a losing culture. Teams will struggle with breaking losing cultures for a long time. And it's the Buffalo Bills are finally starting to break that culture. The Sabres need to do it now. They have to, or else they'll be in the same boat for another 10 to 15 years. If Jack Eichel leaves that team, they, they are back to ground zero. And, you know, they're in a better spot, if you look at it on paper, than Edmonton. Edmonton is known to pick those offensive superstars and not do anything, but Buffalo has a bunch of cornerstone pieces on both the back end and on offense. If, they pick- if, your, if your roster consists of Jeff Skinner, Jack Eichel, um. Rasmus Ristolainen. Dalene. You got, you got uh, Rasmus Dalene as well. You know, you should be winning. And I don't know if it's maybe because they have Linus Olmark in net and Ben Hutton, but. Well, that's a contributor for sure. It, they do need goaltending, but should be winning. The point. They, they should have be winning. elite players up front. Ristolainen is no longer a prospect, he is a star defenseman. Um, you know, he's, he's still he's still got his problems, but it doesn't change the fact that they should be winning games. No, exactly. I mean, their offense is, is loaded for sure. I, well, I, sh- I wouldn't say loaded, but – I mean, they ruined Casey Middlestadt too, so – He was a waste. They threw him in the garbage. So. And um, who's the other one? Did, or, did he get traded, Alexander, Alexander Nylander? Uh, didn't they send him to Chicago? That's what I thought. That's what I was just going to say. So – He's another one that's supposed to turn out well. I don't remember what they got in return for that, but beside the point, they have had so many young guys come out of that team. And, I mean, even Sam Reinhart's another one that's not panning out the way he should have. Yeah. Buffalo, you better fix your incompetent ass because uh, you're in trouble. You better get this pick right. You better start winning. Yeah. For Jack Eichel. Because Josh Allen can only save one of your franchises. Because Josh, I mean, Josh Allen's the goat. You think he can save the Sabers? 
Um, that's possible. Hey, yeah, third goalie. He's so. a big boy. Well, Tredavious White can play. <laughs> Tredavious White can play nets because yeah, got there you go. White's goalie academy. There, yeah, <laughs> perfect. Okay, we are now the general managers of the Buff of the Buffalo Sabers, and we just signed Bills players. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start it up in NHL uh, franchise mode. I'll add Trey White into the roster and sign him onto the Sabers. I think it'll be a. I'd say what? What was his? What do you think his overall rating is? Oh, probably a 99. You know, 99 goalie? He didn't He didn't give up a <laughs> touchdown all year, right? So I think the same – he probably wouldn't give up a goal all year either. That that high glove <laughs> is going to be a 99 for sure, man. He's not letting anything pass there. You think, <laughs> so we're setting up a game where the Buffalo Sabres have uh, uh, Tredavious White and the Florida Panthers have uh, – or you know what? We'll just go with the, uh, the LA Kings have uh, Jalen Ramsey. There you go. There you have it. We'll live stream it on Twitter. Maybe we'll do a CPU simulation. Um, but that, with that, I think uh, I think it's time to to draw a line here on the episode. Frankie, I'll let you do your shout out here, and we'll call it a day. Yeah, you can follow me on six one three Frankie on Twitter. Uh, don't bother looking for my Instagram. You can follow the Facebook of the podcast at HPR Podcast and our Twitter at HPR underscore Podcast. Um, just to confuse you guys a little bit um, as well if you're interested a little bonus episode that we did uh, is below this uh, if you're subscribed to us you would have seen it so for those of you who uh, are subscribed thank you we appreciate it as well be sure to drop the uh, be sure to drop a review on this podcast it really helps us grow and uh, yeah we appreciate you coming back out and don't forget, I'm on Twitter too, guys. Nobody cares. I'm Siegs62. S E I G S 62. Nobody cares. <laughs> I'm on Twitter too. Hit me up. But with that, all right, time to sign off. See you next time. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode of Hockey Prospect Report. Before we let you go, we want to once again remind you about our sponsor, Customized Sports. If you've forgotten, they offer high-quality Tackle Twill jersey kits featuring the name bar and the numbers that give a professional look to your, your blank jersey. For more information about Customized Sports, visit them online at www.customizedsports.com or on their Reddit or eBay page at Customized-Sports. Be sure to use code PROSPECT10 at checkout for your 10% discount and check out our Twitter giveaway that we're currently running. It's the pinned tweet on our Twitter. Thank you again for them sponsoring us.